in the not too distant future. Following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of secret World War 2, there is not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to the last comic shop. Rate, review and subscribe to our weekly comic book reviews on all the major podcasting platforms at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. the show with a big yawn and welcome to episode 432 of the pittsburgh nerd podcast i'm sean and i'm tired and i mean and this is the only podcast that says for the good old american life for the money for the glory for the fun but mostly for the money nice Little, little bandit action there. Mm-hmm. Just, just, anytime I think of smoking the band, I just want to break out into eastbound and down. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll resist, <laughs> but you know, that's where my heart is. Like my heart's like, you gotta sing. <laughs> so how are you? How are you, sir? Besides tired. Indeed. This is like the worst week ever. I don't know. You're like working like this fucked up like overnights and the weekend and. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. And it's hard to adjust. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know I, mean? I, well, I, I know what it's like. I remember when I, you know, when I worked at Eden Park, particularly as a manager, like at, you know, like the 24 hour restaurants, like, you know, one week you're daylight, one week you're overnight. One week or right. mid shift, you know, you're like, how the fuck do I adjust to this? You know, right, right. So yeah, I, I can certainly understand how, how, especially you, like you're used to getting up in the morning. How well, fucked up your sleep schedule must be. Yeah, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hurting. Because I'm, I'm like, still, I'm getting home at like seven thirty, and yeah. I'm up for another hour, and then I wake up at 12.30, ready to go. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Sleep. Sleep yeah, till like, 4. Yeah, you get like three or four hours of sleep. And yeah, like the so worst part is like, I'm down. like you're, you're, you're missing the opportunity because like the kids aren't home. Right. You know, they're at school at that time. Like, it, that would be prime time. Like, you know, everybody's out of the house. You can you can get some sleep in. No, I can't. It's yeah. the worst. That is the worst. So, 
Anyway. Uh, yeah. I got a situation with my neighbors I got to figure out. I got to talk to them. Well, our, our backyard's very dark. Okay. And so, you know, our their backyard is also very dark. Um, and, like, the way their house is set up, uh, you know, they've got, like, a, like, where I've got just, like, a, a parking pad in the back. Like, I, apparently there was a garage there at one point that they just tore down and all that's left is a cement foundation. Yeah. Um, they still have a garage. So they've got our, our six-foot privacy fence going up the length of, of their yard. And when they get up to the garage, then it's like enclosed. So they get the six-foot privacy fence on one side and the garage on the other. So like there's no light back there at all. Mm. So they put in these security lights a few days ago. These motherfuckers are as bright as the sun. Uh-huh. And they leave them on. And it's like this deal of like, like if we want to spend time in our backyard, we like it to we prefer it to be kind of dark. Like we, you know, the lighting we use is very low. Uh-huh. You know, and like we, they've got this like security light on back there that's just like it lights up the backyard like it's a like a football field, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like I mean, particularly Nancy, Nancy more than me. Is really upset about it. So I gotta like talk, figure out how to talk to him. And be like, can, can you put that on like a sensor? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something. Like I, I understand. Like you know, especially like, I don't know. Like maybe like the the wife works at night or something. I, I don't know. Or I, I think he gets up very early to go to work. Mm-hmm. But um, like it's still dark outside when he leaves. I think. Uh-huh. Um, but like it's still like this deal of like. I get that you want that light there because you know any number of reasons. Yeah. But fuck, it's bright and it doesn't mean to be on all night. Yeah. yeah. You know. Put it on a timer or something. Yeah. Or I mean, or like sensor. A, or a sensor. Like a mo- if you put it on a motion sensor, that's great because then I don't. You know, it picks you up when you're coming towards the light and it comes on and it turns off. You know. Like it's like it's just it's on constantly. You know, like you go back in the backyard to relax, and you know the ambiance is dead. Right, right. You know, so I'm not looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. You know, I, I got bro- I, I understand, but at the same time, kind of help me out a little bit. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. People problems, I hate them. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh my. So you catch anything? Watch anything? I know you've been kind of. I'm up. To, I'm up to date on Titans. Are you? I'm like half an episode behind. I got. I watched half of it and then I had to turn it off. It's pretty good. Yeah. I sip my my Red Bull in an inopportune time. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's been phenomenal. I, I like how they explained the resurrection of Jason Todd. Yeah, you know the uh, the Lazarus Pit. I figured that's what it had to be, but 
I wasn't sure if they were going to somehow include Raza Ghoul in that. And what is the Lazarus pit? I have no idea. All right. So Raza Ghoul is the uh, the head of uh, the League of Shadows. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. And he has been the head of the League of Shadows for hundreds of years. Okay. So, like, the, the common sense thinking is, well, the, Ra's al Ghul is a figurehead, which is kind of how they portrayed it in Batman Begins. Mm. But in the comic books, he's actually just that old. There's He's discovered these Lazarus pits all over the Earth. Okay. And, you know, they rejuvenate you and can even bring you back from the dead. Okay. Okay. So, in... A death in the family in that comic book when the Joker kills Jason Todd. Like he kills him in like I think it's like Istanbul or Turkey or like someplace weird. And it's like, what's the Joker doing in like in in Turkey? You know? Right. But Raz Ghoul was up to something. Batman was getting close to it. So he brings the Joker in as a distraction. Okay. Not knowing a Joker, the Joker would kill Jason Todd's Robin. Right. So Raz Ghoul feels horrible about this. Like he didn't, he didn't want this to happen. He has too much respect for the, for Batman to like, like he doesn't want Batman to like lose Robin. That wasn't his goal. And uh-huh. he has too much respect for Batman. Like he wants Batman to take over the League of Shadows. Right. Know? Right. And um. So he goes and he un, he he, he uh, digs up the body, or has his people dig up the body, and they take it to a Lazarus pit to resurrect him. Okay. And when he comes out of the Lazarus pit, he's insane, which is a common thing with the Lazarus pit. But he's a little bit more insane. He escapes, and there was nothing he could do about it. Now, Batman figures this out and is pissed, you know. But Rosalind goes like, "I was just trying to make it up to you. It was my mistake." I actually right. never involved the Joker to begin with, but because you were so close to me, I needed that distraction. And he's the perfect right, right. distraction. You know, so please forgive me for doing what I do, but trying to keep you busy while I do that. You right, know? right. And um, so like, I was like, coming into this, I was like, okay, there has to be a Lazarus pet involved. Because, I mean, clearly the Joker killed him. Yeah, you know, and um, but how like how do they pull off the resurrection? And either there's even a moment in one of the like that episode after Dick, Dick finds out that it's Jason, he's like, well, what about Raz Ghoul? And I I think it's Barbara Gordon's like, well, he he's in, you know, he's not in the, the states. He we we have him. He's on such and such place. Like so, it yeah. wasn't him. But still, like apparently. You know, Scarecrow knew of the Lazarus pits. Right. And uh, knew where there was in Go- one in Gotham. So I, I, I was kind of a cool, like, I kind of figured there had to be a Lazarus pit involved, but how exactly was the Lazarus pit involved? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I've, I've liked how they've kind of taken this story and they've changed it around. Like it's still 
it's still the same story, but mm. it's it's very different from what the comic books were. But it's I, I I've enjoyed it so far. So bats killed Joker. In in Titans, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in comic books, no, no. But in, in, <clears throat> yeah, apparently he he went to the Arkham and you know just beat him with a crowbar and left. <laughs> which is like, which becomes interesting because in the in the comic book. That was Jason Todd's problem. Like part of his problem was, why is he still alive? Like even me, even my death was not enough for you to cross that line, and that pisses me off. You wouldn't avenge me. You wouldn't take this lunatic out. Finally, every bit of blood that's on his hands is on your hands as well because you just won't do what you need to do. Right, right, right. You know, and Batman's like, I can't cross that line. I can never cross that line. Right. You know, he's the second I do, I'm, I'm just him. Right. Right. You know, and I mean, so it, it, in the, in the dynamic of the comic book, what's interesting is it's, that's the dynamic. It's, it comes down to these three people and it's Jason Todd trying to push Batman to finally kill the Joker. And if you won't do it, I fucking will. Right. You know, and you know, it's an interesting, like, three per... I mean, what starts is, like, this grand scale kind of just comes down to these three people, you know, and the soul of of Batman, essentially, you know? Right. And, but it's, like, really, really well done in the comic book. So I'm interested to see, like, since Batman did it, since Batman went and killed him, like, what is Jason Todd's motivation going to be against Dick Grayson? Right. You know, I mean, clearly... I mean, with with the show, they've you know, they, they've they've played up like the fears of Jason, <laughs> and that's why he goes to, for the the anti fear serum. But right. you know, like how like how does that play against what you know? You I, I, the only thing you think of is like you abandoned me and you sent me back to Bruce, knowing what an abusive father Bruce really is. Right, right. You know, like shit like that. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm surprised what's her name is ba- not back in it yet. Raven. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm a bit surprised too because I, I thought for sure. Like I'm hoping they bring her back at some point soon. Yeah. I, I think they will because I mean, again, like I, I, you, you've you've got the whole black fire situation, and I think that may be more of what Raven gets involved with is that situation with Corey and and Blackfire. Yeah. As compared to the, you know, I, I the Red Hood situation is going to become like the a struggle for the soul of Dick Grayson, you know. Right. And the person who's going to be there to help him with that is going to be Barbara Gordon. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think that's why she's been introduced. Uh, I, you know, I think all the other characters are probably going to end up somehow involved in a storyline that involves a, a a war between Blackfire and Starfire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good, yeah. man. I, I like it. Yeah, it's so well done. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for Doom Patrol? 
No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, there. I'll, I mean, it, I, I'm I'm not gonna have you watch it now. I'll just tell you, it's it's it looks batshit crazy. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, want. It, yeah, that's exactly that's what, what I want from Doom Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like crazier than ever before. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched that, and uh, I started watching. Um, um, that new Steve Martin show on Hulu. Oh, the one where yeah, only him murders and, him in this and, building. Him and, yeah, him and Martin Short. They have a podcast about a murder in their building. And Selena Gomez. Yeah. 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 It's phenomenal. I had a feeling it would be. I, I like. I'm probably gonna watch it at some point. Like I've it's got, not like. It's flamboyant, sort of Martin Short, but not over the top. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, like yeah. there are parts in this where like he's really acting. Yeah. Like I mean, like it's not just you know, the, you know the craziness. Yeah. It's like it's really good, and Steve Martin does very well too. Yeah. And there's like really good funny moments and serious moments. It's it's really good, and I'm really impressed with Selena Gomez. Yeah. Like it's it's really it's a it's a good show. So I'm on like episode three or four, but anyway, it's it's good. Yeah, I gotta catch I love that. It. Yeah, I love it. It it's is like that. It's like that comedy, like that Roxanne type. Yeah. Com- in a sense. A dramedy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's just really good. So. Really impressed. Yeah, I think the, the next thing I'm going to watch, because I just finished watching The Morning Show, season one of The Morning Show on, on Apple. Mm. That's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's got, um, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell. Uh-huh. Like, the premise of the show is, like Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell were like the hosts of this m- morning show. It's been like the the biggest morning show in America for like 15 straight years. Mm-hmm. And Steve Carell gets busted in a sex scandal. <laughs> and like the downfall of, of of everything and like everything is kind of it, it, it's a I like, guess I just it's tough to explain, but it's like really 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 good. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I've always liked Jennifer Aniston, but she is acting her ass off in this show. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Carell's phenomenal. Like you, you, it's 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 typical Steve Carell with a beard type stuff. Yeah. You know, you see, it's like it's like Robin was like when Steve Carell has a beard, he's serious. You know, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's really good. Um, I'd highly recommend it. And season two starts in a in a few days, so I can't wait for that. That's cool. But like next on my list, it, on uh, Hulu, I want to catch up and watch the first two seasons of uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, at least has been watching. <laughs> I've heard that is just phenomenal. You haven't watched it? No, I've never watched it. I've never even so, seen like the movie that it's based off of. But I yeah, just you need watch to watch the show. You need to watch the movie first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can and find then, it. And then watch the because yeah, yeah. the show is like. 
I, I love the show. Yeah. Like, I've heard people rave about the show, and it's kind of like a thing I, like, missed at the beginning. But since it's still on, like, I want to catch up and, like, kind of like be like, oh, okay, this is what I've been missing out on. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, like, I've I seen, mean, like, bits and pieces, like, little, like, little things here and there, and, like, like the like the office vampire who like drains you of like your your soul or whatever that I mean, that guy looks hysterical. Dude, the whole show is fine. It's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> Seriously, and it's so like it's weird humor. Like it's it's just different. It reminds me of and I, just from the humor standpoint, not not the concept, but like the humor standpoint. It reminds me a little bit of from what I've seen, like Arrested Development. Where it's like, upon multiple viewings, you're gonna find different jokes. Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. shit, I missed that joke because it was so subtle. You know, like little things here and there that just are, are just gonna make you laugh your ass off. It's similar to how it's filmed. Way yeah. too long. I think yeah. you'll like it. And I fucking love Arrested Development. Like that. That's like. <laughs> it's a good show. That's like comfort food. Like to me, like you know, I can watch that shit all the time, and it still just makes me laugh. Right, right. You know, here's $20. Go see a Star War. That's, that's, that line just, that, she delivers that line so fucking well. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Red Notice. Did you? I, I, I was going to watch uh-huh. that. I saw it's that. It's not was bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It has a lot of stars in it. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking people in this movie. Like, like I, how, I don't like, know. What was, the, what was the budget on that motherfucker? Yeah. I, mean, I watched are, the trailer and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of people in this. Yeah, the stars are actually better than the movie was. I mean, like, I mean, the movie was good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny it. I, I sat there enthralled and I watched it and I was like, yeah. wow, this is cool and this is happening. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I liked it a lot. It's what you expect from The Rock and. Ryan John Ryan, jeez, uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, you know, Gail but uh, but Lisa's watched Outlander and I've watched some of Outlander. I, I like it. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, but uh, I didn't know this was in him. Apparently, it is. Um, but yeah, I like this movie. Um, Andy Circus is in it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's just so weird. Yeah. Like it's just. What's his name's from uh, the Umbrella Academy's in it? No, oh, okay, yeah. Um, what's his name? Big guy. Um, I'm trying to think of his name in the Umbrella Academy. Lars, not Lars. Anyway, he's in it. I mean, there's all yeah. kinds of people. The guy's turned into an ape. Huh? The guy who's turned into an ape. More like a bear. I thought it was more like an ape. Uh, maybe the big maybe. guy. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah, yeah. The one that went to the moon. Yeah, the one that was at the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
yeah, it's just it's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. Cool. It was a good action movie for me to watch. You know what I mean? Brain candy. Yeah, I needed something. I mean, yeah. it's been it's been dry. Yeah. Now that I've blown through Titans. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, jeez. Something. But this Martin short, this Steve Martin comedy, it's a really good show. Really good. Yeah. You have to catch that once it's all said and done. And what's his name made his first appearance today? Um, Nathan Lane. Oh, well, he can't do something like that, Nathan Lane. I, I know, but still. Yeah. It's funny, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, anyway. So, some interesting news I saw today. Okay. Or not today, but this week. Apparently, Frank Oz says he's not welcome to perform on with the Muppets or on Sesame Street. Disney doesn't want me, he says. I read that. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, so I, I read the article, and some of it I got, and some of it I, I didn't get. Like, like, and he 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 said he like he's like I haven't done anything in like twenty years that I've liked. With the Muppets, and I was like, yeah, "That's harsh." They've, they've yeah. done some good stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a bitter, like, like, like a bitter Frank Oz. Like, you know, yeah, fuck them. They ain't done shit since I left. Yeah, and yeah, that's kind of how I took it. Too. Yeah, like I, I, like, I mean, like when that in that period he's talking about, like, I think I was Muppets in Space came out, which you know, that's a classic. Uh-huh. The Muppets, you know, which I think is amazing. Um, so I mean, they're, they're, I mean, well, not everything was has been you know phenomenal. I mean, I think they've done some good stuff. You yeah. know, Muppets Most Wanted, I'll give you was a bit of a clunker. Yeah. You know, but, like it just that like I I get like where Disney would probably be like I. I Hey, you know, um, we're kind of doing our own thing. We we don't want, you know, like I I don't get why they would do that. Like why they would be like, you know, hey, we're kind of doing our own thing. We don't want your influence. Because I mean, right, right. you know, he's Frank fucking Oz. Right. You know, you know, he he's he was Jim Henson's right hand man for forever. Right. You know, like why would you want Frank Oz involved in some in some capacity? Mm. But then, like, maybe you're just afraid that Frank Oz, like, overtakes. He's bigger than the product, you know. Right. But, like, to have, like, Frank Oz, like, directing a Muppet movie would be amazing, in my opinion. Oh, sure. You know, reach back in that old black hat and. Yeah, Frank for sure. brings some magic. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna, that's not ever gonna happen. I'm not holding my breath because that one. No, but like he says, like there's an inability for corporate America to understand the value of something they brought. 
They never understood with us. It's not about the puppets. It's about the performers who love each other and have worked together for years. Like, and this, I, I kind of get like, I, it's cause Disney's kind of like, I mean, you know, the guy who was the voice of Kermit, like after Jim and had been like for many, and they were like, kind of like, yeah, you, you gotta go, you know, <laughs> like, I feel like Disney Disney feels like the Muppets are the stars and not the performers. Right, right. As, as long as you can fi- sound close enough to what Kermit sounds like, you're fine. But the reality is like there there is a, a heart and a soul to that character that only somebody who's been performing it as long as Jim did or as that guy did. I whose name I can't remember it's a sin. But, you know, like long time people have been involved with this. They can understand that. And it seems like Disney feels like ah, we can hire any schlub who can just, you know, make the thing move. Right. right. You know, and that's not the case at all. You know, you're right. Um, Oz hasn't been shy about expressing his disappointment with the current state of the Muppets. In fact, he famously turned on the opportunity to repraise his characters in Disney's 2011 film, The Muppets. Due to circumstances about the screenplay with Jason Siegel and Nicholas Scholler, I wasn't happy with the script. Um, I don't think they respected the characters. Um, at a 2019 panel at the South by Southwest Film Festival, dismissing the Latter Day Muppet movies as smarmy. Um. Oz shared his concerns about Sesame Street in a 2017 interview with Yahoo Entertainment, accusing him of becoming a little kid's show that limited the evolution of the characters and the puppeteers playing them. They're in a difficult situation, Oz added. They're doing their very best, and they are trying to be true to the characters. And they actually are, but because they are not inside me, they don't know the soul that much. So I, I I feel like you know some of it is cranky potatoes, like you yeah. know he, he's just being cranky because it's not his Muppets anymore. Right. But there's also a part of me that's like, you know, Disney is is very much like you know, you're replaceable. <laughs> yeah, you're you're you you know you're not the star of the show. The green sock is. Yeah. You know, and I, I think there's. You know, that's kind of disrespectful to, like, the traditions that Jim built right. over the years. Like, like even with, like, stuff like, like the, the, um, like the Muppet Factory, you know, like, like the, like the, those guys had been there for years. Right, right. You know, like, all those guys who built the Muppets, like, like, for Dark Crystal and, like, everything that they did, like, you know, for, for Labyrinth all this shit and like, you know, all the, like the, the, the de- intricate detail that they put into the craftsmanship of putting those, those Muppets together, you know, and Disney was kind of like, yeah, uh, you know, we got our own people to do that. We got Imagineers. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get like Frank Oz's point and like, but there's a side of me. It's also like, I, you know, you had an opportunity to work in 2011 and you kind of turned it down because it's not your Muppets anymore. You know, right. the show, the show, the show evolved. Like, I, and I'm sorry, like, 
I think that Muppet movie, the Muppets, I think is like it, it ranks right up here. It's maybe third, you know, behind the original Muppet movie and the great Muppet caper for me. Yeah. You know, like the original Muppet movie and the great Muppet caper, you know, they're Muppet masterpieces. And that's <laughs> like probably right up there with them in my opinion. Yeah. Like I know like, you know, other people will put like, you know, the, the Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island probably ahead of the great Muppet caper. But Muppets from Muppet. Space is pretty good. Yeah, Muppets from Space is probably fourth. You know, yeah. like I, I, don't, I just, I have, I, I, I think I have too much of a soft spot. Like even like Muppets Take Manhattan, I'm, I'm probably gonna put like fifth. Like yeah. the old school Muppet movies, I still have like a probably too much <laughs> of a soft spot in my heart for. <laughs> right. You know, but like the Great Muppet Cave, right? To me, that's just. That's brilliant. I mean, it's got Charles Rogan in it. How can you go wrong? Charles Grogan, not Rogan. Grogan. Grogan. Yeah, Grogan, yeah. Mm. Good Lord. (laughs) Man, there's a master thespian. I'm butchering his name. (laughs) So, like, it sounds sounds to me like you sound a bit the same way that I do. Yeah, I, I mean, do I respect him? I mean, um, Frank Oz, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, he gave us. He also gave us Augur as well. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like the stuff that he's done. I, mean, I think he did Grover, Cookie. I think he was uh. Sam the Eagle. Yeah, I think he was sure? Bert, Bert or Ernie. I can't remember which one. <clears throat> Probably Bert. I think Jim Henson was. Was it Ernie? I thought it was Ernie. Yeah, so maybe he was Bert then. Yeah. Well, I, I, they're one of the two. Like, I know they, 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 one did one and the other did, I can't, so I can't remember which one. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, but it does sound like sour grapes later on. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he owned any stock in the Muppets. You know what I mean? I wonder. Look, I, I wonder if it was a situation where, like, like maybe he's pissed at the kids for selling to Disney. Yeah. You know. But it was like also a deal. Like, you know, Jim has such a great working relationship with Disney. Like, it it's the same as like, well, why did Lucas sell to Disney? Well, because he had a great working relationship with them. Yeah. You know, so it made sense in a lot of ways to right. sell to Disney. But I, I think. He looks at it as, you know, Jim's independent spirit. You know, right. this is, you know, Henson Productions was meant to be, you know, this, this, this small little thing that we did together, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. Like, and I get that because, like, I mean, he was the guy in the trenches. Like, he was the guy who was there from the beginning. Right, right. You know. So like I, I I certainly do feel like like his perspective like if I was Disney like I would listen to him and like from the standpoint of like you know the the character is the is is created by the actor not 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 by the sock you right. know you know you you can put anybody you want doing the the movements but I mean there's more to it than that and it like this like it seems like Disney's just like yeah you're replaceable. 
<laughs> as, long, as long as as long as we're selling Fozzie Bear toys, I don't care. Right, right. You know, so. Yeah. Any fool can say waka waka. Right. But I just like the other side of those. I fear like it's going to be a day where like we're going to turn on the TV and like it's going to be like, ladies and gentlemen, Kermit the Frog. And he's like, hi ho, this is Kermit the Frog. Like he's not going to sound <laughs> anything like Kermit, you know, because they're going to be like, you know, fuck it, it's just, you know, it's not the voice of the star. It's, you know, talking like the all the magic, you know, talking like the big rat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is Kermit the Frog. Like, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why does he sound like Rizzo? Yeah. You know. I love that fucking rat. Oh. Not Rizzo, but the big one. Kids got Monsi. <laughs> that when they get Yeah. That was a great scene. When Rizzo when Rizzo got dumped into the into the labyrinth cage and they all the all the rats were like in prison. That was a great yeah. that was like good imagination there. Yeah. How they created the cages into like this prison system. Yeah. And uh, they had to go through the maze for the yeah. cheese. But the thing that was cool about it is the, uh, I think that song, uh, Fire. I can't. Was it Earth, Wind, and Fire? No. I can't remember who's. Anyway, that was the song that was playing when they were running through the maze. Like that was. Yeah. And that that movie was well scored too. It was really oh, good. Yeah. I thought that was probably. I'm telling you, I think that's one of their best movies. No, I'm I'm with you. Like I, I agree with you. I like, do. I, 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 I just think I, I, I just I hold I just hold a little too, too tightly to like those original three. Yeah. You know, like the Muppets is etched, like it moved its way in there because it's so heartwarming and it like it felt like a Muppet movie again. Like. It felt old school. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I'll give it that. And you throw in M.I. Man or M.I. Muppet. You know, that's just... <laughs> you know. But, you know, so, like, I, that's kind of, like, why I like, I like that one so much, because it felt like the Muppet movie. Right. And, it like, it harkened back to the Muppet movie, like, with the original, you know, celebrity contract and everything. Like, you know, all, all that kind of shit was, like, kind of, okay, this is kind of really cool. Like, you know, Man. somebody did their homework. Somebody went back and watched that original movie and kind of like they're kind of doing a, a true sequel to it, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so earlier this year, you you and I were both regaled by the the classic cheesiness of Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Monster on monster violence. You know, just everything we wanted out of a movie that was called Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Would you ever want there to be a sequel to this film? Sure. Let's see why not. Okay. <laughs> like, I agree with you. Like I'd love to see a sequel. Um but apparently, like, there's some rights issues. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Well, not so much with Kong, but with Godzilla, obviously. Uh-huh. You know, the Toho company, they, um, they're ready to take them back. 
Really? Yeah. Well, like, apparently, Universal came to them and said, hey, we don't want you making any Godzilla movies for the next few years. And this was like, so the only thing that's come on in this time period from like that original Godzilla movie that, um, you know, the, the one where Godzilla, you know, just basically threw up down the, the Muda's throat to kill it. Yeah. Um, that, that first, that first movie in the, the shared monster verse, um, since that movie, Toho's only released one Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla, which by the way, it's a fucking Godzilla masterpiece. Okay. That movie was amazing. <laughs> but they're kind of pissed because, like, you know, Universal was like, we just don't want there to be confusion. Like, you have your Godzilla, we have our Godzilla. We can't, we don't want that. So, like, we're releasing Godzilla King of the Monsters and then Kong. So, we don't want you releasing anything for the next couple of years, Godzilla based. Yeah. They're kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is our property. We're Toho, motherfucker. Right, right. You know, so they're kind of like, you know, okay, we want Godzilla back because we got plans. Yeah. We got shit we want to do, you know. And, um, but they still own the rights to Kong. And it's like, I can see where they could do some more Kong movies, especially like with the Hollow Earth and everything. Yeah. Like they, they kind of established, like, you know, there's a big world down there for Kong to explore. Yeah. Um, but from the sound of things here, from this article I'm reading, yeah, we may not see Godzilla and his, his elk for a while. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it excites me because, like, I like Toho stuff. Like, I still like, you know, I know, I know they've started, like, going towards computer generated effects, but they are still going to do the man in the suit. Right, right. You know, they're going to clean it up a little bit with, with computer-generated effects. Yeah. But, you know, there is still going to be a man in a suit walking through a model model village of, of Tokyo. <laughs> you know? And that excites me. Like, you know, because yeah. that's just... Because they do it, like, so fucking well. You know what I mean? Like, it, it it's... It's craftsmanship. Ship. Jesus. It is craftsmanship that you can't deny is amazing. Like, you know, you watch and you go, oh, fuck, that was a that was a plywood model, but it looks so fucking good. Right. You know, like, <clears throat> it's tough to explain, like, even like, like later Godzilla movies that they've released, like up to Shin Godzilla, which, like, looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did a phenomenal job with the special effects on that. Uh it like excites me because I still like the man in the suit idea, you know. Yeah. But uh, but man, I love watching Godzilla like in like primal rage against Kong. Yeah. You know. That's good. Yeah. Like it bums me out to a certain extent, but it, it like it excites me because I want to see what Toho is gonna do. Uh. Uh-huh. You know, and I mean in, in Japan, I mean that that shit will sell. Well, he ain't that, going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know have twenty minutes of Godzilla taking a shit, and you know the Japanese will eat that up. <laughs> right. I'll be like, you know, I'll take two tickets, please. 
<laughs> Godzilla poops. You know. So. Is there anything like. So like if if we're only getting Kong, like what what would you like to kind of see? I uh, like a, a a Kong centric story. I don't know the answer to that. I I'm not sure which worlds are crossed. Are the are the is the Pacific Rim world connected to Kong and Zilla and all this the kaiju or is is it all connected? No, it's not. But it can be because Universal owns the rights to that. And there's been talk of doing that. Uh, maybe something like that, but man, they put out a clunker with Rem Two. Was oh, that God. was horror, fucking horrible. I mean, why would they even greenlight that? So fucking bad. Yeah. Like I felt bad for John Boyega. Yeah. Like I'm sure he signed on. Like, hey, this is a franchise film. I'm just getting out of Star Wars. This is gonna be great. And wow, did that thing suck. Oh, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, the first one was good. I mean, it wasn't like the ultimate be all of movies, but it was good and entertaining and it kept going and it was good. But holy shit, when they came out this one, I was like, man, this is bad. You could have made this so good. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but man, talk about terrible. (laughs) And like, even like the concept of the dude being corrupted by them. Right. Like, I was like, okay with that. But like the, the route that they took with it was so fucking awful. Yeah. It was was bad. I was like, oh, this is, this is horrible. Yeah. it It was the worst. Yeah. My only complaint from the first one is there wasn't enough robot action. Yeah. From other robots. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to see them go to town like fucking, you know. Oh, yeah. Wyatt Earp and his brothers going through the fucking yeah. desert land. Yeah. Killing people. That's what I wanted to see, you know, with the kaiju. I mean, yeah. with the with the robot, but that never happened. I mean, they showed a couple of fights, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't what you wanted. Yeah, I wanted, like, onslaught. Yeah. Like, in action for, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just but, give me, like, yeah. robots on mo- robots and monsters head-to-head. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Something I did see, uh. Um, real quick, um, did you see that one shot on Disney? Which one? The one shot with Ben Kingsley. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I have not. I've never seen it. No. No. Okay. When did they release that? Um, it wasn't back when Iron Man three was out. Yeah, it was like after it. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I want to say I want to say it was on the Iron Man three DVD. Ah, uh, because I just saw it on Disney. Yeah, and uh, I was like, oh, that makes sense. The Mandarin wants to see him. Conveniently. Yeah, but um, I loved it. 
I thought it was. Oh yeah. And it's, it's a really like, there was a see me coming. Yeah, <laughs> like there were a lot of like the, those one shots that were like really really well done back. Yeah. In, like I'm not quite sure why Disney or why Marvel stopped doing those, but yeah, like that. What was it called? Hail to the King or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like that one. It was like it was almost like they heard us say, "What the fuck?" Oh. And they tried to make it up with his one shot. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I liked it. They, collectively, it still they pissed me off. Just, yeah. It yeah. was probably better than most of Iron Man three. <laughs> yeah. Like they collectively heard us all go, "What the fuck?" Oh. And then we're all like, "Oh shit." We'll fix it with a one shot. So, yeah, I haven't. I haven't been that pissed off in a movie in a long time. That one sure did it. That's rough. So much just, potential in that movie. Yeah, it was just so well disguised by the previews. Yeah. Like, it was. I mean, I, I thought for sure I was getting the Mandarin. Like, I even hated. Like, it's like. Somebody like say like well, like the the main villain he's got a tattoo of a dragon on his chest. That's an homage to Fing Fang Foom. I'm like, no, there's no homage to Fing Fang Foom. You just bring out Fing Fang Foom. This is fucking Marvel. You're, you're putting a tree and a rock, raccoon in a movie. You can put Fang Fing Fang Foom in a movie, right? You know. Well, guess what? We're getting Fing Fang Foom in a movie now. <laughs> you know. Right. Like, like Marvel's like, you know what? Yeah, we we could do that. They could do whatever they want at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're bringing in the Black Knight for Grace sakes. Yeah. What's the most ridiculous shit we've got on our, you know, what can, what can we do? What's the most ridiculous shit we can bring on? Maybe on the Space Knight. I'm sure that's coming. No, it's not. They don't own the race to it anymore. Oh, really? He does? Um, well, it was owned by, I think ha- Hasbro technically owned the rights to it. They loaned the rights out to Marvel as like a promotional for the, for the toy. Oh, okay. And Marvel, like, like in that, at that time period, like tied it into the Marvel, Marvel universe, uh-huh. Marvel comic book universe. But, um, then like, I think like in 82 or 83, Hasbro took the rights or like the, they ended the comic book run. And like the comic book rights sat in limbo, and I think like I want to say like five or six years ago, they they, they went to I can't remember. Like it was, it was they were gonna do a comic a, a ROM comic book because like it was at the same time like I was like and I'd really like to start collecting ROM. Yeah. So I read a few of them when I was a kid. And I like remember thinking it was like really really fucking cool. I thought I'd love to have that run because it's limited. It's only like, you know, like 110 issues or something like that. Like it's it's a short mm-hmm. run. Like so like, and a lot of them aren't hard to track down. Right. But there was a few of them that were like really expensive, and um, I was like I really like, you know, and but at the time like the 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 rock the the prices tipped up because there was supposed to be a ROM comic book coming. Like it was like ROM. And so they were also the same company was also going to do Micronauts. 
Like they were bringing back mm. the Micronauts. Uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, they're bringing back the Micronauts. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. I don't know who's going to buy that horse shit, but that's still impressive. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I do wonder, like, just how batshit crazy can Marvel get before they cross the line and people go, oh, that's too far? Yeah. I don't know. So that's wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very I'm, I mean it's a line that I'm very intrigued by at this point. I mean they're going to bust out. I I don't know. Like I I can't even think like I honestly can't think of anybody that they could break out that you'd be like I I can't believe they went there. Right. right. You know, like I mean honestly like it, it's but there's got to be somebody. There's got to be some, like, you know, maybe the Beyonder. Maybe the Beyonder will be a bridge too far. I don't know. You know. But fuck, I'd pay good money to see a good Beyonder movie. Yeah, but they got to introduce all these characters first. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they showed a Civil War. Technically, they don't have to. They, they'll just modify it to fit their needs. Yeah. You know, but still, I mean. <laughs> I would love to see a good Beyonder movie, like, you know, but who knows? Like, who who the fuck knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the Russo brothers will do it. I just like you know. I always hear this like you know the comic book bubbles do the burst. Well, like I mean, the only thing that's stopping comic book movies right now is COVID. Right. In all honesty, like I don't think Shang Chi is going to do all that well. I heard it did. And, Not bad. Uh, you know, I'll have to look and see after the weekend. Uh, I'm, mm. I'm interested. I'm in, obviously this is another one of those movies. It's kind of like I'm interested to see how this does. Yeah. But um, but apparently, like, you know, fucking Paramount moved Top Gun oh to 2022 now, oh. and they're moving and they're shuffling on their deck, and others, you know, everybody's kind of like starting to shuffle the movies around again because this this whole Delta variant thing and cases surging and, you know, it's like, fuck. I know. Some movies are kind of holding steady. Like, apparently, like, Bond's doubling down that they're going to come out and it's coming out in November. Uh-huh. Um, and they released a final trailer for that thing and I was like, oh, thank God. Right. Um, I think Warner Brothers is holding steady just because, you know, they're doing, you know, same day on streaming and they're already hurting themselves. So, you know, COVID's not hurting them any anymore. Right. But, you know, I I, heard, I read a rumor that, you know, Marvel's going to keep very Marvel and Disney are keeping very close eye on how Shang-Chi does over the next two to three weeks. And depending on how it does, we may end up seeing both. The Eternals and Spider-Man move the next year. Mm. Yeah. We need something here. Yeah. I mean, we do. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just like, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more interesting. Like, as we're seeing these cases surge and like, you know, last winter, 
you know, we saw a surge in cases. Like it, to see them surging now, you know, it's like, well, how bad is the winter going to be? Right. See. Yeah. We shall see, but I don't know. Like I, I, like I, I've seen like you know a couple of things being moved around. And Paramount's the one that's mostly like they moved Top Gun to May of 2022, and then they moved the Mission Impossible from May of 22 to like November of 2020. Yeah, so like they're shuffling their deck right now. All right. Because you know. They're afraid these money movies are gonna lose money. Yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm at the point where I'm just like release them on streaming. <laughs> Give me something. Yeah, because like again, like Top Gun's one of those movies like I've really been looking forward to since that first trailer was dropped. Right. That first trailer was dropped like two years ago. I know. You know, like it was a long time ago when I when that trailer came out. Uh-huh. You know. You just want to see it now. Yeah. And it's the same thing like like Dune, like that first trailer dropped like a year and a half ago, and I was like, at that time, I was like, oh, I can't wait for this. And, you know. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, luckily, like it debuted, I guess, at the at the Con Film Festival this week. And mm. High praise, might I add, for a movie with a whole lot of sand. But yeah. um, you know, I mean, I still gotta wait till like you know October till that I get to see that shit. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So. We shall see. <laughs> um, one, one other bit of business, and you, you might find this to be very interesting, my friend. Mm-hmm. Netflix has announced a team-up with friend of the show, Guillermo del Toro, with his horror anthology, The Cabinet of Curiosities. That's cool. Yeah, apparently, um, you know, you know, they they had a partnership with him for uh, the, the Troll Hunters, um, and apparently they're coming back for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, and what should be a must-watch anthology series of horror stories, described in no uncertain terms as genre-defining. When someone of del Del Toro's caliber is involved and has recruited the amount of talent that he has for this. These words are simply not to be taken lightly. Um, this project sounds vaguely familiar because we previously reported on this. This is from Slash Film. When it was under the title of Guillermo del Toro Presents 10 After Midnight, not only does Cabinet Curiosity brought the tongue a little better, it actually harkens back to Del Toro's published memoir of the same name. Uh, that delves deep into the sources of inspiration for many of a class, many a classic monster movie, 
In any case, this new and improved rebranding effort, as announced earlier today, immediately fired up fans and cast and crew involved with bringing these new stories to life. Um, the series will run for eight episodes, and each installment will boast a unique take on the genre of of some of from some of the most thrilling names in the business, like Del Toro himself, Jennifer Kent, Penis. Cosmatos, Aaron Stewart Ah, Anna Lily and Pure, and more. And we'll take these episodes. We'll take this episode by episode. Um. So, I mean, I, I think a, a horror anthology series by by Del Toro is exciting. Like having him produce something like this, being involved with something like this, to me is exciting. Because I think he is a master storyteller and somebody who does have a deep appreciation for the horror genre and putting a very, very unique twist on it. Yeah, I think it'll be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you, I mean, you think of, like, I mean, The Devil's Backbone. Um Oh, the one that was all in Spanish. Oh, what the fuck was the name of that? Oh, I can't believe I can't think of the name of that fucking movie. The one that took place during the Spanish, the the, the Spanish Civil War. Oh, um, oh, what's the name of the movie? Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, The Shape of Water, I mean, that was a, a great interpretation of, you know, like the creature of the Black Lagoon, a completely different take on it with a Romeo and Juliet feel to it in a way. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about Pacific Rim, Hellboy. I mean, the two Hellboy movies are fucking untouchable in my opinion. Yeah, There's not a thing yeah. wrong with either of those movies. No, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's so talented. He is. I have I have no doubt that this will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, especially for like you, like one of the things you grew up on was like, um, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Um, the Twilight Zone. Um, the Outer Limits. The Outer Limits. The What was the one where it was like the dark side or whatever? I can't remember. Dark side. Tales from the Dark Side? Maybe that's what it was called, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Because it was like, it would be like, like a picture, like it was like, like, some voice guy doing a voiceover, but then like in the middle of the voiceover, like all of a sudden it would like the the image would flip and it would be like um like a proof, like a it was like you know like I can't think of, I can't my brain is not fucking working today. And anyway, <laughs> there was like all these like different like especially in the eighties, like there was all these different little anthology shows that were like syndicated. Yeah, they were on like in the middle stories. of the day. Yeah, Amazing Stories was one. But, I mean, there was, like, a bunch of them that were, like, on, like, 
like it'd be on like seven o'clock in, in in the evening, you know, like right, right. Um, I wish I could remember the name of all of them, but like it was a like the eighties. That was a big thing. Was like these horror anthologies. Like Tales from the Crypt, like kind of like birthed a lot of these, like because it was like, oh, the, yeah, the popularity sure. of birth, Tales from the Crypt, and like so like all these like production companies, like let's make one and put it out in syndication, you know. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt actually went for a long time on Hobo. Yeah, but I still appreciate the movie, the original movie, much, much more. I, I mean, and there were some good Tales from the Crypt episodes, like Morty and all that shit. But I mean, like, I mean, there were, but the Crypt Keeper became too big for himself. Yeah, and I think that's what ruined the show. Because if you remember in the first one, it was just the skeleton. You know what I mean? Like the almost yeah. like Iron Maidenish looking. Good yeah. art, um, and then he became he trans kind of transformed into the crypt keeper. Where it's just like, you know, I'm just I got tired of the jokes and you know the blow up doll next to him. You know, whatever. You know, what I mean, yeah. it just got it kind of. He became Freddy in a sense. He yeah. started cool. He started real cool, and then by the later seasons, it was just like, really. Which, by the way, there, I mean, there was a, a Freddy Krueger anthology series called Freddy's Nightmares. Like, Freddy yeah, was the yeah. host. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. yeah. So, I mean, like, <laughs> but yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, like, it was like the Crypt Keeper became, like, the star of the show. Yeah, and it shouldn't have been. It should have been about the movie itself. Yeah. Everybody waited for what the Crypt Keeper had to say instead of watching, like, a decent movie, you know, or a, a show. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. Like, I mean, but like, it was like trying that show in particular was trying so hard to riff off of like Elvira. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, like even like the original, you know, Tales from the Crypt comic book, like the Crypt Keeper was like a big deal in the comic book. Right. But, like, it, like it, like he, but he, like he had that. They were trying too hard, like for like that hosty kind of like Elvira and mm. you know to, to make it local you know chili billy yeah right you know kind of feel of like yeah. you know you know here's this character he's going to say a few jokes now we're going to give you 45 minutes of a story and then he's going to come back and wrap it up for us you know right i still think one of the best shows on tv was mystery science oh yeah i, I love that fucking show I did. It was a fucking great show. But I, I, what makes it so great, though, is it's like it was a thing we were doing in our basements. <laughs> right. Like we were all sitting there like watching shitty movies uh-huh. and making fun of them. Right. Makes and like they just figured out a way to make money off of that. Yeah. You know? great. Yeah. What a great show. Yeah, so Guillermo del Toro excites you? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm ready for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because even like his, like, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure he has his own people. Like, he has his own art department and stuff. Like, when you look at, like, a Guillermo del Toro movie, it feels like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Like, the look of it, the... Yeah, you know it's him. Yeah, like, like if you... Yeah, 
Like if you look at like what's interesting is if you look at like Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, and Hellboy Two, man, the influence between those three movies, mm-hmm. like it, like you you would almost think Pan's Labyrinth was taking place in the Hellboy universe because of like how similar like the creatures look in between Hellboy that and and Hellboy Two, right? You know, and like he's like even said like man, I I should have taken more time because. Yeah, shit looked a lot alike. <laughs> you know? right, right, right. But um, Game of the Tour will always have my respect for one reason and one reason only. Hmm. He loves the director's cut of Blade Runner, or not the director's cut, the theatrical cut of Blade Runner, just like I do. Oh, really? That's like his favorite version of the movie, and it's mine as well. Yeah. So like for that reason alone, Guillermo del Toro will always have a soft spot in my heart. <laughs> I see that. All right there, Chummy. Mm-hmm. Anything you like to add to the proceedings? No, man, I'm good. All right. Well, remember our big announcement from last week, September 25th, 5 p.m., We'll be appearing at the Nerd Corner here in White Oak, Pennsylvania, right on on Lincoln Way. I'll have that address and, and whatnot on our Facebook page. And for those of you bums who don't have Facebook because you you fear the Zuckerberg, I will also try to get that on Twitter for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that that's a big event. We're going to be recording live. It's not going to be a live show. Don't don't expect that, please. We're going to be in a little corner. We're going to be recording the show. Come on over. Say hello. Um, give Ian a big hug. Yeah. Uh, do not. Do not. Um, if, if you're Thad, do not baba booey us, please. Um, but it's going to be a fun time. We're looking for this. We're going to be recording there once a month going forward, but the first show uh, is going to be September 25th. Uh, so that's a, a big, big hadoo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the work in progress. that is the Pittsburgh nerd vlog um, is experiencing some changes again. Uh, I'll be doing two vlogs a week. I think three is too many. Okay. Because I, I, I feel like like a, that whole thing of like I release one, then like it's like by the time like I, I promote enough of it or I start getting like a, a good r- promotion rotation for that vlog, a new one's posted. So like, I, right. if, like so if I do one on Saturday and I think I'm going to do one on Wednesday. You know, have a release schedule like that. I think that'll that'll work out better for me. Yeah. Um, I just you know, three. I think it was just too many. That was too too ambitious. Yeah. It just doesn't 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 feel. It's like I've posted one and I'm posting another one right after. It feels like so. Yeah. Um. So that'll be Mondays and when or Saturdays and Wednesdays, uh, for the vlog, uh, going forward and uh. That's all, all the all the show news, I, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
So if uh, you're interested in, in, in contacting us, there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, you can send us an email. Uh, that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Uh, we won't read it on the air anymore. We don't have a mailbag, uh, but we will acknowledge it. Maybe go over the highlights. Yeah. Unless you're Thad, because Thad's highlights usually involve dick and fart jokes. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very, very easy to find. Um, so there's that option as well. Um, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Pod Breed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search, and you'll find all the other great pad podcast podcasts. What the hell is that? Went Boston on that. Oh, and all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to check us out each and every week. I can't thank you enough for uh, for doing so. We appreciate it. Indeed, we do. Mm. And so on that note, dear listener, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>